Stella made a beat, so it's go time. Welcome back, Grizz Nation, to another edition of the Core 4 Podcast, a podcast under the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network alongside 3ND, GBB Live, and the Starting 5 Podcast. Make sure you're liking, subscribing, downloading, whatever you need to do on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcast. I'm your host, Parker Fleming, and my co-host, Nathan Chester, is not with me today, but it's okay because we here at GBB have a next man up mentality. We are very deep over here. First up, we got senior staff writer, Bryce Hayes. Bryce, what up? What's good? What's good? And then we also got another GBB senior staff writer, Grizz Gaming correspondent, Brendan Smart. Brendan, what's going on? What's going on, guys? I feel bad. I, I usually have nicknames for, you know, Nate, Brandon, Connor. We'll work on that at some point as we get you on the show more often. I'll make sure I come up with some good nicknames for y'all to having y'all's little intros. That sounds good. I, I know what Bryce likes. Bryce likes being referred to as the uh, the Adam Cole of GBV. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. <laughs> okay. I'm just, that's undisputed. So, um, well – the main thing I want to talk about on this show is just this the NBA playoffs and just looking at this through the lens of the Memphis Grizzlies. But I have to admit, this is probably the best non-Grizzlies basketball I've ever watched. Maybe it's because we've never had – we haven't had sports in about four months prior to this, but it just feels different. It's Every game's exciting. There hasn't really been a lot of – giant blowouts and the biggest thing that i like is there are a bunch of new stars being created or a bunch of young players elevating their star status whether it's donovan mitchell or luka Doncic, jason tatum jalen brown it's just been awesome and also too my eastern conference favorite miami heat moving on to the Eastern conference finals i'd love to see that but uh first bryce what have you enjoyed the most about these playoffs what have you thought about it so far like you said, it's just having basketball back, man. Like, I'm sitting here watching Toronto and Boston go at it right now. Close game. Like you said, it's pretty much every game is going down to the wire. It's exciting basketball to watch. You never know what's going to happen. It's just nice to have sports back, and if it's played at a high level, it's even better. We've got football coming back now. Baseball's going strong. I'm in heaven, so I can't <laughs> complain one bit. Yeah, I can't imagine. Brendan, what about you? I know uh, the Grizz gaming season is over, but back on, on the real deal. So yeah. What do you think about these playoffs so far? Yeah, to, to have it back in front of us, you know, like the first round, Luca, you know, took over the it, – it's, it's felt like a passing of the torch, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, you've got guys that you're, you're going to – that are going to be stars for the next, you know – decade or so that are that are coming up you know you you had a, an awesome series between Donovan Mitchell and Jamal Murray that they set you know NBA records for 
50 plus point games and it was like three games in a row and it was just nuts and and it could be because of you know no fans or that type of thing but just thank god we got sports back you know we got basketball back Mm -hmm. and man i didn't even mention that we've still gotten the same old same old from our star players i mean lebron james has turned back the clock once again and he had an electrifying performance in last night's game and then we also got what Damian Lillard did prior to that first round loss against the Lakers and Jimmy Butler leading Miami to the Eastern conference finals. It's just been so much fun to watch. And like, like y'all said, it's good to have basketball back. And so looking at this through a Grizzlies perspective, Brendan, I'll, I'll get you first. What is your main focus here when you see some of these playoff teams and you're thinking about this next gen Grizzlies team like okay where where do they match up with these teams right now where do they need to build on or where where are they already succeeding where the Grizzlies could be a good matchup whether it's next season or two three four years down the road yeah, so the big thing that I've really – I mean, you look at the team, you could you could pick out some easy things, you know, some things that, you, you know, John and Jaren are the easy answer in terms of, you know, you build around those guys, you put more talent, more shooting around those guys, and, you know, the the starting five explodes. Yeah, Just looking at the team, though, I, I look at, like, a Tyus Jones, one of the best backup point guards we've had, um, led the – the Grizzlies this season um, led the bench unit, um, had one of the best bench units. Number one, I'm going to throw off some stats here. Number one bench unit in steals per game at 4.1. Um, number one bench unit in field goal percentage at 48%. And they were the best best bench unit in assists at 12 a game. Um, that was through 66 games this season. Um, and you look at Brandon Clark on that bench unit too. Tyus Jones and Brandon, Brandon Clark really led that bench unit. Um, and, and the playoffs are a game of inches. I mean, you game by game, you got to figure out how you can, you know, be better than your opponent. And in a lot of cases, it comes down to whose bench was better, you know, rebounding or, you know, that type of thing. So when I look at the this Grizzlies team, I think that, you know, if they say they got that eight seed, you know, they might have stole one or two games just because their bench was just that consistent and that much better than, you know, possibly a Lakers bench. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And you pointed on – Tyus Jones and Brandon Clark, who are arguably two of the best when it comes to their roles and their position, their roles. I mean, Tyus Jones is a passing savant as far as the way he can facilitate the offense and take care of the basketball. And then Brandon Clark, he's a prototype for the uh, backup big off the bench, and he can even be a guy that starts down the road with his rim running ability, the occasional catch and shoot the way you can put the ball on the floor and rise up for the floater. It's great to see. And I'll ask both of y'all this. What what are – because in the playoffs, we see the starters, they get more minutes. The rotations get smaller. So, in that regard, how can the Grizzlies use their bench to exploit those matchups where most teams are playing or staggering their starter minutes a lot? Is there anything they need to add off the bench? I want to hear y'all. I'll start with Bryce first. What do you think there? Well, one, we have to stay healthy. I see. I think we kind of saw that in the bubble when Tyus Jones went down. We kind of lost our way a little bit. So, staying healthy is the biggest key out of all this. But adding a wing scorer off the bench would definitely be beneficial. And I think that goes for starting lineup as well. Just having wing scorers that can put the ball in the bucket. I know Grayson Allen did a great job of that in the bubble. That can be something that happens long term. 
That's great for the Grizzlies. And Brandon Clark, if that's going to stay his role as a six-man off the bench, if he has that ability to stretch the floor and make plays in the paint, that's just great for the Grizzlies' future. So just keeping those guys progressing, which we've done a good job so far with the new regime of developing players, in my opinion. So if we can continue to do that, I think we're in a good spot as far as the bench. I just think we need to keep adding scoring. Because if you look at the whole 20-plus year history of the Grizzlies, that's been our biggest issue. We can't score. We can play defense with the rebound and assist. We just can't score. Yeah, yeah. And that, 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 I kind of echo that, you know, for years through the grit and grind era, and, and Bryce touched on it. I mean, we've drafted several guys. And granted, they couldn't they, – they, we could have gone different directions. But I remember for like three years we hammered on the table for like – Hey, put the young guys in, you know, down 10 or 12. Hey, what you're doing is not working. Put the young guys in, give them a chance to develop. Um, and right now you've got a coach in Taylor Jenkins who obviously has gotten the credit he deserves, but man, he, he really did it this year, especially with the moves the front office made and everything um, with those guys on the bench. And, and, and that, that's a credit to Jenkins and Joe, uh, Tyus Jones, but just how efficient that bench unit was with guys that, guys that weren't, you know, key guys on the key players on their teams. They came over here and made a really big impact and, and their stocks at an all time high just because of their, their uh, stint in Memphis. Absolutely. And I mean, one thing that I've seen in the, these playoffs and y'all both touched on it with the uh, perimeter scoring off the bench is how these playoff teams are using some of the guys that they drafted with first round picks as that scoring punch off the bench, especially as we've seen with Miami and Denver, with Tyler Hero and Michael Porter Jr. Granted, those two guys are projected starters. They have all-star potential. But at least right now, to help this team win, they're letting them build their playoff confidence and get those playoff reps off the bench. And better yet, they're getting that go-to scoring opportunity where they can create plays off the bounce for scoring opportunities. But also, as we've seen with Tyler Hero, to serve as a primary playmaker off the bench, even if guys like Goran Dragic and Kendrick Nunn are out on the court. I mean, we, we see him operating the pick and roll, um, much to the dismay of Grizzly fans. He had a very nice dime to Andre Iguodala last night. Um, and, and then with Michael Porter Jr., I mean, he's coming in and he's grabbing like eight to ten boards, but he's also getting about 14 to 16 points. Granted, he sucked on defense. There's no there's that's putting it easy. He's been terrible on defense. But the fact that he's able to come in and get buckets off the bench is huge. And another player that's low key doing that too is Kyle Kuzma. He was a guy yeah. that was willing to find his role with A D and LeBron and he's really flourishing as that set that go to scoring option off the bench against a smaller Laker team or smaller Rockets team to where he can be a mismatch at the three and the four. And granted, it's also helped that playoff Rondo's come out of nowhere. But it (laughs) goes to show you that as the Grizzlies are now free from this Boston debt and they have the Jazz picks and the Warriors picks coming up, you're seeing how teams are using their young guys in their rookie deals. And the Grizzlies can do the exact same thing. I mean, I know the 2021 draft is loaded with perimeter talent. And if you could 
get you a guy on a rookie deal for four years that can grow next to John Jaron and also build some playoff confidence by being a primary focal point off the bench alongside guys like you mentioned, Tyus Jones, Brandon Clark, Grayson Allen. That's going to be huge for the development of this team going forward and how successful they are in the playoffs early. I, I, I agree, yeah, 100%. And the big thing with what you're saying, I, was, I look at Boston and how they've, they stockpiled picks and, and basically grew around um, their draft picks. I mean, they let their draft picks uh, grow in terms of potential. Um, with Jai and Jaron, um, like you said, we've got two big picks coming up, and you can do it at a cheap cost. I mean, obviously you'd have to, you know, John and Jaron's contracts will be up, but you, those are guys you're going to max out. And you just really have to, you know, you, you can put picks around those guys that are going to grow and develop. Um, and I think the one underrated thing Memphis did this, this season was uh, extending Dylan Brooks because that's a guy you use um, possibly as, a, as somebody throwing a trade. I mean, he, he is a guy that, you know, obviously you can make the argument he is a long-term piece or you, you can make the argument that, hey, he's, he's perfect to mold a trade around, you know, to, to bring somebody to Memphis. So they've got so many assets at the, in their hands to, to take this team to that level of potentially a championship with John Jaron. I know for me, like watching the playoffs, I think we're in a great position just considering we're in essentially year one of a rebuild. You got to think about it. For all the troubles that we've had in past seasons, we've now got a great front office that seems to be good at talent development and assessing talent. You've got a young coach that seems to know what he's doing. I mean, obviously he's going to learn from his, from his mistakes this season. You got stars in the making in John Jaron and maybe even Brandon Clark if he develops into a starter. Now you just got to add on wing scoring like we discussed prior. Three-point shooting as a whole has to improve. We were 23rd in the league this year, but with a young team, you're not expecting them to just be great shooters yet. You'll grow into that. Improve at the free throw line as something else that as you get older, you'll get better at. Improve defensively. We're a young team. Young players don't defend. Simple as that. We talked, about, we talked about Michael Porter Jr. earlier. He's terrible on defense. Tyler Hero, not great at defense. Most young players are not good at good defenders unless that's their calling card, like saying Marcus Smart was when he came to the league. We're in a great spot. Now, what we can't do is try to rush this process. I'm going to use a phrase that we use a lot with a former Grizzly, Bruno Caboclo. We're a year away from being a year away. Mm-hmm. Yep. So like enjoy, enjoy what we have now. Let's get some bets in here. Let's grow from within. Actually hit on our draft picks, which is something we don't do very often until the last couple of years. And I think we're playing with house money. Granted, we're in the Western Conference, and if things stay the same, it's going to be stacked, even in our own division. I mean, we got Luca, Porzingis, Zion, Brandon Ingram, P. Stays. It's a lot just in our own division. But then again, we have John Jarrett, so we have enough firepower to fight back. But we have to keep on this track that we're on. <laughs> Absolutely. And just to circle back to the original question of looking at these playoffs through the Grizzlies' view, what needs to – where can the Grizzlies thrive with how the current makeup is and what they need going forward? Bryce, I want to ask you that question. Stay the course. Evaluate talent in the draft. Don't overreact. Pay the guys you're actually going to use. Don't just pay guys and then have them sit on the bench, which is a mistake of Grizzlies front office's past. 
trust Coach Jenkins. Don't just fire him after two or three seasons. Oh, we didn't go to the finals. We were never really supposed to go to the finals by year three. You have to trust them. That's another thing I noticed working on this piece I've been working on for Pal and Marcus All. Think about how many coaches Pal Gasol went through. He went through six coaches in seven seasons. Yeah. Mark was here for 11 seasons. He had five different coaches. We have to stay the course, trust Kleiman, trust Coach Jenkins. Let's see where this goes. I think we'll be fine. Yeah. And actually, I do want to ask you all this because – it's always a big critique of Coach Jenkins, and it comes up and plays a weirdly huge factor in how people evaluate him. So they came out with the statistics the other day about how many coaches' challenges have been used by each coach, and Jenkins was a massive outlier, and he only made three challenges this past year. Do you all think that's a big deal? Because I honestly do not. I mean, the thing just started this year. I don't think it's a big deal. Granted, the three just made me laugh out loud as soon as I saw it. I thought he challenged a little more than three times. But, I mean, honestly, seeing the success rate that most of these coaches that use it all the time, is it really worth losing a timeout? Granted, there were some scenarios during the season where, like, yeah, use it. You see the evidence that that didn't happen or that did happen, use it. It's not going to hurt anything. But to just use it because it's there – it's just like football, using a challenge flag for no reason. Use it if you know something's actually going to result from it and benefit your team, but you don't have to just use it because it's there. I think the challenge is one of those things that, you know, we've, we have been asking for for a while, and it was one of those things that – and I'm not undervaluing the challenge, but at the same time, there's this time and a situation. And, and, and granted, um, Jenkins only challenged three times, which is way low. Um, that that's a good time to drop a player, that type of thing. But at the same time, I mean, if that's the only thing we're really stressing about Jenkins, um, especially in his rookie season as a head coach, um, that's something he's going to have to evaluate and figure out. You know, find the positives in it. You know what I mean? Find find what or find when he needs to use those challenges, um, and it'll come. I mean, uh, rookie head coach did pretty good, but the, the challenges are brand new to everybody, so. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really consider it a big deal, especially given how successful he was this season, a big problem in the past with the Grizzlies and granted it's probably a product of coaching the core four and knowing and them knowing what works and what doesn't coaches had a very tough time adjusting their game plan. We saw with coach Yeager, he tried to speed things up and nope, didn't really work. Fisdale, kind of accomplished that with unleashing Mark and Mike as perimeter go-to scoring options, but at what cost? I mean, you let Zach and Tony walk, walk away for nothing and then you lose your job after 100 games. Uh, I, that's not successful. Uh, J.D. Bickerstaff tried to bring back Grant Grine. It was kind of abysmal. And you have Coach Jenkins. He unleashed this brand of basketball that was, one, fun to watch, two, super efficient, and three, sustainable. And I, I think people forget too, but coaches, coaches grow too. I mean, not everyone's going to be Brad Stevens or Coach Pop or Nick Nurse in year one or two or even three. But the early return from Taylor Jenkins, especially as a 35-year-old head coach, it's I 
consider it unbelievable given the track record of coaches Memphis has had, as Bryce alluded to. Yeah, yeah. And the, the big thing with Jenkins this year, um, he came in with a clear plan and then the front office built around his plan. I mean, uh, I remember when Jaeger came out with the whole, we're going to we're gonna speed it up. And then the opening night, they played Braun and the Cavs and they got blown up by what? And what was it, parking like 40? It was awful. And and there was no, you didn't have the roster at that point to, to push, push the pace and do those things. It was really a combination of Jenkins and, and being on the front office. And we even heard Jaron say that in the Beyond Grid series mm-hmm. um, about, hey, everybody is on the same page compared to last season. Kind of threw shade at the front office because the head coach and the GM and the players are all on the same page in terms of, hey, if we win this season, we win this season. If we lose this season, we lose this season. Let's just be competitive. And, and that's, that's really an expectation that's really feasible um, you don't have four guys that have won before and you're coming in, you got to hold that same expectation. So Jenkins did awesome this year. I agree. And I guess kind of to answer my own question and wrap up the show, I'm really excited. My takeaway is I'm really excited about Jaron Jackson Jr. I know, I mean, John Morant's going to be awesome in the playoffs. I mean, he's built for the moment. He's going to come up big. We've, we saw him do that in the playing game and, throughout the bubble, but I look at Jaron and I see a, a legitimate mismatch in the Western Conference. I mean, granted, I've, I'm looking at these playoffs and the only player I see that can legitimately slow him down and stop him is Anthony Davis and maybe Christos Porzingis. I got to see if he's healthy first. I mean, he his injury risk scared the hell out of me, but yeah. – we're seeing this tug and pull a little bit with the style of play in the NBA. And I'm actually writing about this for GBB where you have teams like Houston and Boston that are either relying heavily on perimeter talent, like Houston, but also with Boston, they have a bunch of low usage, high efficiency guys, such as Daniel Tice, Robert Williams, Grant Williams running their five spot mm-hmm. and they're still successful, but you also – on one side, you have uh, Miami with Bam Adebayo. You have the Lakers with Anthony Davis, Denver with Nikola Jokic, and then I guess no, I guess the Clippers are kind of on. They're like right in the middle because they could play big and they could play small. Yeah, but and that's going to bring up a lot of question marks with the Memphis Grizzlies because they do have Jonas Valanciunas, they have Brandon Clark, they have Jaron Jackson Jr. But I see Jaron Jackson as that neutralizer. Because if teams go small, not only can he post you up, post up a smaller defender, but he can space the floor and he can hit threes at a high volume and and at a high clip. And he can also use that perimeter game and his budding ball handling abilities to take slower, bigger guys off the dribble. But also defensively, when you're having these teams spread the floor out and basically force big men to defend in space, you've got something like that with Jaron Jackson Jr. In fact, I, I almost tweeted last time, but I, I didn't know how to phrase it. But I'm watching Bam Adebayo and his evolution as a defender and as a playmaker and the havoc he is wreaking in the playoffs. I can see that with Jaron Jackson Jr., but also with the three-point jumper. So I'm just looking forward to see how he – and the coaching staff continue to capitalize on mismatches because he's really the X factor with where things go. Granted, he can be, you know, 
like a all-star here and there and still an impactful player that averages about like 27 rebounds, shoots 40% from three, averages two blocks. But if he continues to grow his perimeter game and slows down on his fouling and becomes that guy that is rivaling guys like Anthony Davis to as far as the leads elite big men, he's that that's what gets you in title contention right there. And I'm really looking forward to see how that materializes. Just to add on to that, like you said, Josh can be phenomenal, but just to think about as hungry as he is, as hard as he works, if he can make the jump that Jaron made from year one to year two and increase that three point percentage by three to four percent where they have to respect that three pointer, that completely unlocks another level to Grizzlies to the Grizzlies offense that we've never seen before. You have two or three guys that can shoot the three wall efficiently. You have someone that can put you on a poster at any given moment. Like it spreads the floor out to where Taylor Jenkins and the Grizzlies can do so much just off those two guys continue to evolve into the superstars that we all know they can be. That's not even accounting for what Dylan Brooks may or may not bring on a given night, what Kyle Anderson may bring on a given night. What Jonas Valanciunas give you a double-double pretty much every game. You have a chance to do something really special with this team. I just look forward to seeing it. Yep, and so we're about running out of time here. Um, Brendan, I'll let you go first. Do you have any final remarks for the show? Um, just, just excited, man. We're, we're officially um, watching this team grow. You know, this is the second offseason we're going to be a part of with this front office and this coaching staff, and, and you know, seeing what the, how they how they build around this team. Um, it's exciting. So it's nothing but positive. And that, that's something we haven't had around the organization in a long time. So I have back-to-back off seasons of nothing but positivity and, hey, if they win, they win, or, you know, just being competitive and watching these individuals grow. Um, it's exciting. Yep, for sure. And Bryce, what about you? I think I said all I needed to say, man. Just trust what you got. Evaluate the college talent. Get on your draft picks. And let's see where this goes because it can be something crazy that the city has never seen before. Yeah, for sure. I, I echo all those sentiments. I mean, for the first time, really since 2013, maybe, we're looking at something special and something that we've never seen before in the city of Memphis. And it's spearheaded by a superstar caliber player like John Morant that we've also never had before. I mean, he's racking up endorsement deals left and right. I mean, we're just counting down the days, months, years until he finally gets a signature shoe. Um, And you also got this unique transcendent, like big man, like Jaron Jackson Jr. Who could, who kind of is like the antithesis of Zach Randolph as in, he's not going to be the, 2012 bully that's going to destroy you on the block, but he's just going to do some stuff on the perimeter, whether it's a crossover or step back three. And you're wondering how is he doing that at seven feet tall? And also you have a collection of role players that are all really likable guys that contribute to winning, such as Brandon Clark, 
Dylan Brooks, Anthony Melton, Grayson Allen, Tyus Jones. Go all day. I actually can't go all day long. We only have like 15 guys. But anyways, and they have a head coach dedicated to the modern NBA pace and space and a front office that is forward thinking and not in the present and not trading first round picks for Jeff Green. So that that's always a big win. So uh, yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, to wrap to wrap up, Bryce, let the people know where they can find you. you can find me on Twitter at Next Prodigy NXT Prodigy. Talk about basketball, pretty much any sport you can think about. Call at me. I'll mm. respond. I ain't scared. I'm not backing out from an argument. <laughs> yeah, you you also tweet the uh, the best uh, wrestling gifts. I think every time you're tweeting a gif, I think it has to do with wrestling. So I, for one, respect the hell out of that. Hey, hey man, they work for any situation. That's true. They're they're like SpongeBob memes. There's just one for everything. Some for everything. Yeah. All right, Brandon. What about you? You can follow me on Twitter at bsmart21. Uh, I'm 2K League and Grizz on the court, um, and all of our stuff, all of our great content from our great team at Grizzly Bear Blues. Mm-hmm. For sure. Make sure you're following these guys. They're very big parts of the GBB staff. Um, as Bryce, he's he just joined this off or this bubble. I, I don't know how to say it because it's not the off season. He's <laughs> It's been two separate seasons. You, you joined summer 2020. We'll say that. Yeah, just but he has a very good series lined up for this summer as he's going to do a versus battle with different members of the Memphis Grizzlies, and it's going to be super fun. Uh, he's, he's kicking it off as with the uh, the Gasol brothers, so make sure you're reading that at grizzlybearblues.com. And make sure you're also following Brendan for all the hard work he does on the – to the NBA 2K League, I mean, we, I mean, obviously you saw what he did with Grizz Gaming, phenomenal job. But I mean, he's branched out, and I, I see him on my timeline here and then commenting about something that another organization's 2K team did. So it, it's as Joe always says, I'm stealing your line here, Joe. GBB is the land of opportunity, and Bryce and Brendan are two guys that are capitalizing on it. So make sure you are following us on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. Read our stuff at grizzlybearblues.com. Make sure you are listening to every episode of the Core 4 Podcast, GBB Live, the 3ND Podcast, and the Story 5 Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Make sure you're following the, the podcast on Twitter at the core four podcast with the number four, not the word four. And follow me on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka. And that's all folks. Mm-hmm.